Tonight, I want to talk about what does it mean to pray with faith? This is a question that's interested me a lot over the years, and uh, I hope tonight will help you with that too. How would you explain that? I mean, what does it mean practically to pray with faith? What does that mean specifically? How would you explain it to a fourth grader? And depending on how you answer that has a big impact on, on your prayer life. Um, I never doubted that faith was important. If you turn in your bulletins there to Hebrews 11, you'll see that our passage tonight starts with this statement. It's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who come, wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. You have, you have to believe that God's there and that he has good for you, right? Or if you look at the gospel reading tonight, this is a con- the concern we have. Am I praying with faith? Is this, it, it, it must have been the disciples because they're like, man, if you could just show us, Lord, how to increase our faith. And he gives this amazing answer. He's, he says it's not the, um, the size. If you had faith even as tiny, as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and thrown into the sea and would obey you. So all we need is a tiny seed of faith. But how do, how do you get that seed? I mean, and then how does it begin to grow and in, in your prayers? Well, as I hung out with my evangelical friends, what I absorbed from them on what it means to pray with faith is that I have certain beliefs about God. So I accept and I believe that God is omnipotent. I, I believe that God rules this universe and all that. And I don't have any doubt about that. But apparently the type of prayer that activates, uh, that has faith and, and brings the power of God is different from that because we read in James chapter 2, verse 19, he's, he's challenging his Christian listeners and he says, you say you have faith for you believe that there's one God. Well, good for you. But even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. So apparently, it's not just enough to have the correct doctrinal understanding of God as we pray. That's good. You need that. But that's not in and of itself enough. What we're looking for is something else. We're not looking to just accept the truth about God. We're looking to activate the truth about God. I don't know whether you've ever had this happen where you're talking to a Christian who's sick and, and they'll say something like, well, you know, I, I know God can heal, but dot, dot, dot. And usually what that means is, I know that God can heal technically. I'm not going to dispute that doctrine of the Christian faith, but I have zero expectation that he might heal me of this condition in my life now. Now, what I've observed, and maybe you've observed the same thing, is that folks who are in that, that sort of, I know God can, but, usually aren't healed. <laughs> right? It's, there's something that happens in this realm of praying in faith. And so I've, I've come to believe it's, it's different than that. Now, then I hung out with my charismatic friends. And what I absorbed from them was that praying with faith meant it was kind of like a mind over matter thing. It was like, I will, I will myself to believe this. It's like the little engine that could. I think I believe. I do believe. I really believe. And I leave no space in my mind for negative thoughts, right? And, and uh, I've, I've tried that. Maybe you have too. And what I found out is that that actually put all the burden for faith on me. And, and it felt like I was breaking out in a sweat. And sweat is stinky. So, um, I don't think praying with faith is either of those things. 
I think it's something richer and deeper. It's this, this mysterious interplay of us and God. And what I want to share with you tonight is a way that I've come to understand it, and I submit it to you. I think it's, it's supported by, fully by Scripture, but I offer it to you for your consideration. And I am offering this really simple approach to how to pray with faith. And as I do, my, I actually have faith, and I've prayed this today, so I know it's going to happen, that this will unlock some things for some of you. That you've been stuck in your prayer life, and tonight's going to unlock some of that for you. That's my prayer. Let's enter in together. My, uh, I, I call it R&R, approach to praying with faith. And uh, the, the first R is to receive. Your prayer really begins with, as we've just done, with opening ourselves to receive whatever faith God is giving to us at that moment. Okay, so in, your prayer doesn't start with what I want to have happen. That's important. God wants to hear that. But what, but what you want to start your prayer with is, is, God, what do you want to have happen? Henry Blackaby changed the entire culture of the, the nation's largest denomination, Southern Baptist Convention, by Protestant denomination, by, by teaching them it's not you run out and do what you think is awesome. You wait and you, you get a sense of what God is doing and you join him in that. Well, that's the way you want to pray, too. You want to open yourself and receive. Lord, what seed of faith do you want to impart from me? Uh, you're the one who's going to give this mustard seed of faith to me. You're the one who's going to plant that in me. I can't make that happen. I can't create mustard seed of faith, but I will open myself to receive whatever seed of faith that you are depositing in me. And then as Jesus says in one of his parables, the mustard seed grows like crazy. (laughs) It grows in astonishing ways. Um, Some of you may know the name Agnes Sanford. Um, She uh, was a a dramatic leader in, in healing prayer and prayer with faith. during the last hundred years, and she's kind of a spiritual grandmother to this church, indirectly speaking, because she and her way of praying was very influential in the life of Leanne Payne. It was very influential in the lives of many of our leaders. And here's what she says about prayer. She says, when we pray the prayer of faith, we are not merely asking God to do something. We are actually taking part in God's own work of creating and recreating. Get it? See, we're not just asking him to do something. We're joining what he's already doing or wanting to do. There we go. That's better. And so she says in a very practical way, she says, you hold up your prayer object before God. Prayer object, she means the person or the situation that you want to pray for. You hold that up before God in your heart and you check on it by praying, Lord, shall I pray for this situation? Should I pray for this person to get well? Now, for many years, I was just like, God loves people, healing is good. I think you can pray to that level. But where the faith really kicks in is when you get the green light, when you ask that question. Here's how she puts it. If you feel cheered and strengthened as you consider praying for someone, you'll know that it's God's green light. If you feel dull and unhappy, God is probably saying, no, this prayer project is not one you should undertake. Now, she's using different language for what you folks who are in the transformation intensive would understand is what she's saying. If you feel consolation, then go and pray for that thing. And if you feel desolation, maybe God's saying, this is not your prayer project today. Maybe there's someone else who's going to lift this one. Now, that is a very different way of looking at prayer, is it not? This is not like just go down to the next item on your list. This is 
Opening yourself to receive the seed of faith that God is planting. And, and I find that one of the big barriers to this is our cultural expectations. I was in a, a prayer group one time at a friend's house, and it was with a group of folks mostly from Pentecostal churches. And the reason we had gathered that night was that there was a, a woman that all of them knew, I, I didn't know her, who was desperately ill from cancer. She was nearing the end. And, um, in fact, they weren't even sure she was going to be well enough to come and receive prayer. But she wanted to. She had a great heart for God and was just throwing her cares upon God and trusting that God might do something great on her behalf in the way of physical healing. And so she came to this group for prayer. Well, as we began to pray, um, you know, most of the folks, given their culture and tradition, they just began to pray like this. Or we just command the cancer to leave. You know, stuff like that. It was very bold. Very bold. And as I'm waiting and just kind of discerning, and I'm, I, here's the word that came to me, the little seed of faith that God planted in my heart. Whether we live or whether we die, we belong to the Lord. Now, I knew it was scripture, but I had no idea where. Later, I looked it up. It's from the book of Romans. And I was like, I can't say that. I'm talking to God like this in my mind. I'm like, God, I can't say that. These people are believing for, for her healing. I don't want to be the skunk at this picnic. I mean, you know, we got to be in united heart to faith around this. And, and besides this, and this, then I finally got to the real answer. They're going to think I'm a spiritual weenie, right? You know, that I really don't have faith that God could heal her right here. Because they seem to. But finally it stayed with me. And so I spoke it. And a calm just settled over her. You'd almost see the calm settle over her. Well, as it was, she went to glory about two weeks after that. And I can't help but think, you know, what God was wanting to do was just reassure his suffering daughter, you're with me. I'm with you. You'll never step outside of my presence. In fact, you're going to step more into my presence than ever, you know? And, and so we have to just trust that little seed of faith that comes in. Maybe you're in a group, though, where they're actually not faithful believing, and you actually have the seed of faith for a dramatic physical healing, and you're telling yourself, I can't say that. What if it doesn't happen? I can't say that. They're going to think I'm a cuckoo, you know. And no, you, you receive the, the seed of faith that God is sending. One time in a, in a prayer group, same, same group, same house, a different woman was there getting prayer. And uh, my mom was in the prayer group that night. And, and the, as they're praying, here's the seed of faith she got. Seven. She's like, seven? Seven what? What is seven? Why am I thinking about Seven. So they went on and were praying for her. And not much was happening, honestly. The prayers were nice, but not much was really breaking forward in this woman's life. And finally, she couldn't take it anymore. She just said, does the number seven mean anything to you? The woman dissolves in tears. She had had a traumatic experience at age seven, and everything she needed in prayer from God was rooted in that. And once she knew that God knew, and God was there, and God cares, and God was there to heal... All of a sudden, it opened it up, and all the prayer began to flow. And so, friends, what I want to say is that you might get a specific word. You might get a scripture. You might just get an energy to pray in a certain way. That's good. It doesn't have to have a thus saith the Lord so much, but it has to be for you a seed of faith that God deposited there, and that's what you're responding to. So you receive that. Now, after you've opened yourself, the second R is to respond. You receive this seed of faith that God is giving, and then you respond. 
you, 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 you marshal every faculty you have to come around that word and to provide nourishing soil and water it and let it start to grow and, and push aside any blockages. Now, I find here's what we tend to do, at least in, in our culture, is instead of we receive the seed, but instead of responding to it, we analyze it. We dig it up and we look at it. We put it under a microscope. Did God really talk to me? I doubt he talked to me. He probably doesn't talk to me. I make this stuff up. I don't know why I do that. You know, <laughs> and, and, and then seed's not growing, you know? But if, if we put it in this, in, 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 in meditate it on our heart, like, it, like the scriptures say of Mary, she took these words, these crazy words from the Magi and, and, and treasured them and pondered them in her heart. These words from the shepherds. That's how she got through all those hard years, raising Jesus, doing it in a foreign country, refugee status, no money. I mean, she got through it because she was treasuring these little seed of faith words that had come into her heart. That's what you do with them. I mean, there's a great example of this in the book of Acts, and Paul, Paul's giving his testimony, and here's what he says. It's the first time God speaks to him after he gets knocked off his horse, and, and, and Jesus tells him, I'm sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, and then they'll receive forgiveness and be given a place among God's people. Now, Paul, you know, when he gets this seed of faith, here's what I, I think he would have been tempted to do. That's crazy. I'm going to the pagans? I'm the most Jewish Jew there is? You don't get any more Jewish than me. I should be going to Jerusalem. I should not be traveling the, the farthest lungs of the world to, to go to people who've never heard anything about God and, and worship idols. That's, a, you know, that's crazy. That doesn't make any sense. Instead, he receives it. Here's what he says. I obeyed that vision from heaven, or I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. Paul, when he got the seed of faith, he's like, I'm responding now. I received it, now I'm responding. And he immediately starts to preach to the Gentiles, even though that means that pretty much everyone hates him. And and, and his life becomes much harder. But he doesn't care. He's got to respond to the seed of faith that God's brought into him. Now, how could you respond in prayer once you get that seed of faith? Some of you got tremendous seeds of faith during this time of quiet that we just had. You wrote them in your journal. You start, you write them down. That's one good thing. You start to share them with others who are wise in the Lord and, say, and, and they can come around you with discernment and prayer and encouragement. You start to picture that situation in God. Wow, God, that'd be amazing as that person comes to you. I can see that now. For the first time, I can really see them coming to you in faith. And then, then you, then you uh, pray out loud. Pray in Jesus' name about that. But when you receive and respond, mulberry trees pick themselves up by the roots and jump in the water. Um, it's amazing. One Sunday here, I'll give you a personal example of how uh, a res member did that. A lot of you know Henry and Jen Shuffle, who were here for years and years. And it was about a year, year and a half ago, after the service, I was praying on the side over there. And Jen came up to me and she said, would you, would you pray for us? And I said, sure, I'd love to. What's on your heart today? She goes, Henry and I feel like God's calling us to Detroit. I was thinking, Detroit? Detroit? That, well, first of all, I don't want to lose them from this church. So I'm thinking, that's a really bad idea. But then I'm also thinking, is there no other place you can think of? <laughs> I mean, how about Iraq? <laughs> you know, but they're like, no, we just really feel like God's putting it on our heart. We don't know what to do with it yet, but would you pray for us? So I laid hands on, and I was like, God, this has to be from you. 
Would you just show them the way? Would you just put on their heart how they can do this? Would you show them how they can release financial resources into rebuilding Detroit? How they can release prayers into rebuilding Detroit? Lord, their, their lives belong to you now. If this is from you, which we believe it is, then, then move, it, move it forward. Well, uh, Henry began looking for a CPA job, lands a job in Detroit. They've moved to Detroit. They're now investing there, rebuilding that community, making relationships and friends there, paying taxes there, voting there, trying to improve the communities there, trying to rebuild a city that's on God's heart. He gave them the seed of faith, and they had the courage to respond. I love that about them. We had a whole church kind of test on this, and we've talked about this before, but Last May, as you know, Stuart came to our vestry meeting and said, hey, you know, we're, it's time to start thinking about our next generosity initiative. And you all knew we were going to do another one, and, and we need to, and it'd be, it's time to get started. And where are you on all that? And we went around the room, and each vestry member talked. And basically, the summary, as I understood it, was, we love you as leaders, we'll follow you, but wow, we're tired. <laughs> and so we got back around, and Stuart said, so how many of you think like, maybe we should just pause. Everybody's like, oh, that would be amazing. Please. So we took that as kind of a seed from the Lord. Like, maybe God's saying, wait. Maybe God's saying, you need a Sabbath. And so we, we did get discernment. That's the beautiful thing about living in community. You get joint discernment. And we checked it with the staff, and they were all like, yeah, we think that's right. We checked it with the key lay, lay leaders who came in here, and we all gathered and prayed about it. And they said, yeah, we think that's right. And there was one little problem. I'm thinking to myself, since I work with the finances, well, we did predicate this year's budget with an additional $187,000 in December, which was going to come from the first roots of the first month of the campaign. But I was like, yeah, I think God's in this. So, um, so now I'm praying a lot in response to that seed. I'm like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, please work this out. And uh, a, a fun thing happened at the ResFast in the fall. Those of you who were here, the last ResFast we had, had. Christopher easily got up. Is Chris here tonight? Where are you, bro? I don't know. Oh, great. Praise God. And so you'll remember this very well. Chris got up and said, I had a picture at the beginning of the night that there was this canyon, and it was empty, and I didn't know what it was. And I said, Lord, what does that mean? And then further on, if I'm getting the story right, I saw it again, and it was completely filled with water. And it's a word about provision. God says the canyon will fill with water, and it still has faith for me right now. I wrote it down in my journal. And I tell you what, as I began to pray that and receive that seed of faith from God that came through Chris, I had such a peace. I absolutely knew we were going to finish the year with the canyon filled with water. And you know what? We finished the year with the canyon filled with water. Every bill was paid. Every account balanced where it should be. God was so good. Oh, friends, you know, I, I think sometimes... We just get stuck in, in, in a rut in prayer. And, and here's what I'm inviting us to do. What would happen in your life if you move from the list, going down the list? Now, I have a prayer list. I'm not saying burn your prayer list. But what, what if, what if it, it was more like listening? You moved from list to listening. And you're like, God, what do you want to do for this person that's on my list? What's on your heart to do? Is there something you're speaking to me that, that I, I will pray back to you in faith right now? And then respond. When you receive the word of faith, you respond by praying it and obeying it. And if you do that, the mulberry tree is going to move. Amen.